Just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him, but to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book. I'm talking about the building and loan. I know very well what you're talking about. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on, and it's galling you. That's what you're talking about, I know. There's just one thing more, though. This town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can come without crawling to Potter. Come on. Yes, welcome to Well Good Movies. I am your host, David Osger, and yes, it is Christmas, and this is Well Good Movies, the podcast that gives you the topics worth discussing and the movies worth watching. It's our Christmas special today, so we are here to give you that Christmas feeling, making you feel all special and in the Christmas mood. If you're a bit of a Scrooge, then I'm sure we're going to have something here that will (laughs) make you feel happy. But by the feeling of the room, I think, thankfully, we haven't got any Scrooges or... If we did, I'm sure they wouldn't have a, a favourite Christmas film. <laughs> or if it was, it'd be something like Black Christmas or something. <laughs> but yeah, basically, guys, if you are used to those sort of like holiday specials you get on TVs, especially those sort of cheesy ones where it's like, who's at the door? Well, this is that sort of special today. We've got lots of special guests, surprise cameos. We've got lots of games and we might even have some singing along the way. Who knows? But to go through all that, obviously, at Christmas, it's all about family. So we've got some returning family members from the Fresh Take Well Good Movies crew. Alongside me today, I've got Laura Leishan, Nia Alavisos, and my co-host, Craig McDonald. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. How are you all today? Pretty good. Very good, good yeah. yeah. Like I said, all about Christmas. Laura, I know recently you've said that, you know, the big thing you're watching at the moment is uh, Rick and Morty. Um, how are you finding the new series? Yeah, it's good. Um... I don't know. It's it's not quite what I thought it would be. It's not quite as good as I think the series before. Yeah. Are you watching like UK or is US trying the US order? Because the US, I think, is slightly ahead of the UK. Oh, are they really? Yeah. Oh, I'm watching it on Channel Four at the yeah, moment, so same. I'm probably on oh. catch up from everyone yeah, else. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same. So yeah, the yeah, I think the the second episode is it or the third. That, that one was a bit like, oh, okay, this is a bit different, isn't it? But yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Uh, apart from Rick and Morty, obviously. Do you find films a big part of your Christmas experience, Christmas Day at the Lyshan Davis household? Is it more about games? Yeah, right? more about games, really. Yeah, and just yeah. sort of chatting and eating a lot, really, rather than sitting down and watching anything. So, yeah. 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 yeah, more in the build-up to Christmas, maybe. Watching. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and your best Christmas movie snack? Christmas movie snack. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, mm. maybe mince pies. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Going for a bit of traditional Christmas, Christmas Definitely, food there. Yeah. So whether you mix in the movie snack and the Christmas snack, but I don't think they've quite made like a 
mince pie flavored popcorn yet or anything. <laughs> no, no, and I forever hope that they don't. Um, no. <laughs> there is a company that does like weird flavored popcorn. So you know, um, I think it's called like it's like a guy called like um, an abomination. No, no, it's like. Uh, his name is like Steph or something like that so it's like Steph and Co or something like that but it's just him um, but yeah they do things like cheese popcorn and um, wasabi and all, all kinds of things like that so who knows they might have some sort of Christmas flavour this time what? of year so uh, we also have with us Nia who we had on our Disney Plus and music episode hello. of Film Talk hello how are you? I'm doing good how are you doing? Um, I'm doing good thank you um, my biggest question to you Nia is obviously because uh, you originate from the States and yes. Disney Plus is released over there have you subscribed early? Have you have you been sneaky and actually got a subscription from one of your friends in America? <laughs> well, my dad has a subscription and oh. I kind of like steal some of his information. So he gave me his password oh. and username, but I have not watched anything yet. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you're half. I have ha- it, but yeah. I haven't chosen to watch anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you can still say stay true to what, yes. <laughs> what you said originally on the episode exactly i haven't you know like purchased anything okay so there you go exactly you haven't given disney any more nope. of your money no, no. views <laughs> none of my time yet <laughs> um so how, how have you found uh how do you usually find christmas over here compared to america especially tv like is there a big difference you find with british christmas specials to U.S. Um, I don't really know about the U.K. Christmas specials, but what I've noticed over here, um, like right after Halloween, it was basically Christmas. Mm. Like in the States, we obviously have Thanksgiving and and that's sort of like the lead up to it. But here, November 1st, straight up, you know, is it the 25th already? Like what's going on? Yeah. I didn't hate it, though. Okay. But it was sort of like overwhelming. Needs to walk in the Christmas, you know, like to the stores and see like mince pies stocked up and ready to go. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. It's time. Yeah. Do they do mince pies in, in no. the States? No, I wouldn't thought so. Yeah, actually, I think I saw like one of those Americans try British foods thing. I think it was on it was on there, um, like mince pie. And do they have, is Christmas crackers? No. Um, uh, like, so, they don't have that, but I love no. the little Christmas hat and like popping it with, ah, like, you know. That's very good. Yeah. yeah, obviously that's quite a British thing. So the first time you experienced that was over here, was it? Yes, yeah. but I've been here for Christmas um, quite a few times yeah. previously to moving. So yeah, okay. I love it. Is the cinema trip a big part of your Christmas experience here, or do you find do you think like all of you do you think going to the cinema is a particularly Christmassy thing to do? Or? Oh, you mean for like the blockbusters, you know, like Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. well, even just like said, a lot of families will be like, oh, we're going to go to the you know local multiplex and you know we'll watch our Christmas film of this year or whatever. Which, like I said, might be Star Wars or, or that mm. kind of thing. So that what leads to a lot of success and makes sense because a lot of people are off work and that kind of stuff, but. Do you guys feel that, like, hmm, you know, it's more about being wrapped up nice and warm at home? Or, you know, yes. is it about that, like, yeah, let's go out as a family kind of thing? Um, for me, definitely just being wrapped up at home, you know, with mm. the family and just watching films that we already know and love as yeah. opposed to, like, going out and dealing mm. with the crowds and yeah. spending money and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And because there seems to be less so actually Christmas-themed films with, like, the last few years, like, Jumanji Aquaman is like he's a very like uh. summary sort of films actually. We're talking about Christmas crackers as a tradition in the in the UK. So <laughs> we have some crackers. <laughs> so Nia, I'll uh, give you the oh. honors. First one. Yeah. <laughs> Nia won that one. You're gonna have several hats by the end of this now. Oh, so we're already yeah. wearing Christmas hats just so everyone knows at home. 
And one of us is looking incredibly dapper in a Christmas tie. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's just law that you have to say the joke in this. Yeah. What do you call a man with a paper bag on his head? I can't answer because I actually just saw that. Yeah. <laughs> I've cheated already. I was trying to think of like a bad like film joke to go in it or something. It's mm. like, <laughs> but probably a bad taste for Christmas. So <laughs> I'll just let you say the Are part. you ready? Yeah. Russell. Oh, God. I know. Terrible. <laughs> Who wrote what's, this? What's the gift? It's a little frog. Oh. It jumps. Oh, your favorite, David. No, the, that mine was the fish. That's the one I don't understand. Is like, especially when you do like pay like five pounds for a pack of like Christmas crackers. You're like, really? You've just given me like a piece of plastic yeah. in like mm-hmm. a cracker. Plenty more Christmas crackers to come. Put on the crown if you feel, but obviously you already got a Christmas hat. So. Oh, yeah. This is staying on. <laughs> Craig, we were talking about Rick and Morty um, to Laura, which I... Interestingly, we were only just talking about a few days ago um, your dedication to watching Christmas episodes at Christmas, which includes Rick and Morty. Yep. Yep. What's your philosophy on that? Well, I mean, for me, if you're going to make Christmas special, I think you need to confine Christmas to its period of the year. So I physically, as much as physically possible, just not engage in anything Christmassy between the the months of January and November. Um so literally, that's why we're recording today on December 1st. Uh, that's, that's the only time I would allow engagement for Christmas. <laughs> it's like, I approve. Nope, we are not doing, like, this, like November 30th, nope, go away. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it means that I have I have not watched the uh, Anatomy Park episode of Rick and Morty, because uh, I only started watching Rick and Morty early this year, and... Yeah, I've just made it that I will not watch that episode <laughs> until Christmas. <laughs> well, you can do now. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it is one of those things now where you walk into a shop or something in October and you're like, what is this? You know, Christmas music is playing or something like that. Or or literally walk in, see the the Christmas aisle start to be developed in you know, September, I think is oh as early as it starts sometimes. Calm down. I know, yeah, it's, it's mad. Yeah, I am aware of the fact that the day of the release of this episode is going to be a couple of people's birthday around here. Mm-hmm. So, what yeah, is so, so uh, David, I believe you share a, a birthday with Nia. Yes, yes December yeah. 6th. Yes, Woo-hoo. we are the Sagittarius's combined. Yes. Um, yeah, ha- happy birthday, Nia. Yes, happy early birthday. Yes, yeah, well, this will be yeah. on December 6th. So if we're listening to this on happy December birthday, 6th. Happy birthday, Nia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And also to make sure that we're not felt uh, left out, Laura, I would like to say happy unbirthday to you and myself. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Very much. I think we're both in June, aren't we, Craig? No. You're not June. No, I asked about this the other day because I thought you were in March. Oh, you're March then? Yeah. Oh, there we go then. <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah, like, that's weird actually. That <laughs> it's just like he had the same thing. He was like, oh, I think Laura's in the same month. It's like, oh, no, it's not. But, yeah. Oh, well. Still spring. Happy spring. unbirthday. Yeah. Wow. Ba- babies yeah. of spring were babies of winter. <laughs> and interestingly, actually, when, when I looked this up, Shout out to somebody I used to work with, Tom Arnold, who also shares our December 6th birthday. Holy crap. Um, but weirdly, so our friend from The Real Experience, uh, Daniel... literally saved us today. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, oh, Daniel Cullinane, who we'll hear from later. His birthday is on December 8th. Um, our friend Stefanos, who was in the Marvel episode, is December 9th. Nice. Uh, Christopher Maxwell, who was on our Halloween horror episode, is December 9th as well. Hell yeah. And then our former host, Dale, is on December 11th. So Basically the best month. Yeah, so something about December and uh, film nerds, which uh, seems to sink. Oh, no, I was going to say something about March and film nerds' parents. Um, but there <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so like I said, happy birthday to all uh, our fellow guests and uh, hosts yeah. who have been... And also happy birthday to my nephew, Theo, whose birthday it is, uh, first birthday today. Yeah. Oh. First birthday on December 1st. Yeah. A proper Christmas wow. child. 
unless happy you, birthday yeah happy birthday to you yeah and then my sister's is tomorrow oh there you go holy L- lots of christmas and then my grandmother's on. is also on thursday just kidding right so guys uh, just as a reminder if you've not listened to the show before uh, the idea of this is that uh, every episode we talk about different themes topics and movies uh, all to help our friend the film god so that basically means that each episode we sort of talk about these uh, topics and give recommendations on what what we should put in what we call the movie vault so that is a collection of everything from the good the bad the bizarre which sort of encapsulates uh, movies so remember to keep that in mind today when we're talking about these topics what should go in the movie vault at the end and obviously everyone at home if you've got recommendations on what you think should go in please do uh, tweet us Uh, you can find us on our sort of parent website which is fresh take hub uh, and that is our handle on twitter facebook and instagram as well so send us your favorite christmas films because by no doubt we're not going to be able to mention them all because there's only four of us so there'll only be four christmas movies mentioned today but there are lots of other favorites that we uh, wish we could talk about but before that we'll have another christmas cracker do you want craig and laura share this mm, share okay. this joy okay. well, hey. good both our guests won no favorite <laughs> <laughs> okay what have i got Ooh, a little notebook. Oh. Ooh, jealous. That'd be great for, you know, one note per page. Hardly anything. <laughs> okay, there's the joke. Oh, it's brilliant. <laughs> what is fairy and minty? Uh, I tried to think. Uh, an after eight mint that's gone down the back of the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a better one. A very factual joke. Yeah. yeah. That, that's a realistic Christmas fact there. It's actually a polo bear. Oh, God. Terrible. I'm leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Lots of Christmas crackers. Uh, Interesting with Christmas crackers today as well, guys. So as you know, we're all about fun and games, especially with our end game. So a little twist that we've got today is if you have a Christmas cracker and you win, if you have a little green spot in your winning part of the Christmas cracker, check your Christmas crackers now. It could mean something for you. So in the cardboard, probably in the main part of it where the toy and everything was, you might have to like actually like rip open the <laughs> the seam of the inside. Have you got a green spot? Green spot? No. No green spot. Let's see. <laughs> no green spot? No green spot. Okay. Keep an eye out for the green spot. It's not like the pirate black spot. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if there's a green spot in a cracker, it could mean that there's uh, a something pops up so uh, like I said we are talking today about our favourite Christmas movies so similar to the format we've done in the past each of us is going to take a Christmas film which we're going to talk about Uh, the rest of us are obviously open to uh, exchange our ideas talk about them as well uh, but that person will be talking about why it's their favorite christmas movie um and also maybe making part of an argument why it should go in the movie vault so uh we'll start off today with craig and his favorite christmas movie where are you going we're gonna miss the plane when the McAllister family left on their christmas vacation did we miss the plane no you just made it yeah! They forgot one small thing. Have yourself a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Let yourself be light. Do we set the timers on the lights? 
Mm -hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! Ah! Home alone. Police in the northern suburbs are on the lookout for a pair of burglars who are calling themselves the Wet Bandits. We know that you're in there. It's Santa Claus and it's Elf. Get off my property. You know, I've often had about Christmas about like to to what meaning does it have about you know being with family as opposed to like being on your own and just like looking at that and just seeing like you know it's just one of those films that truly embodies like the spirit of like even if your family feels large and you feel like disconnected about how good Christmas can feel and we're also beating up robbers so what else is you know what else is there to you know love about the film so it's just genuinely entertaining and I think it's just one of those things that I just like reminisce with a lot so. Is it? It's Little Nero, sir. I have your pizza. Leave it on that doorstep and get the hell out of here. Okay. Um, well, what about the money? What money? Well, you have to pay for your pizza, sir. That a fact. How much do I owe you? Uh, that'll be eleven eighty, sir. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Cheapskate. Hey, I'm gonna give you to the count of ten to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, ten. Yeah, that's definitely a prime reason why I love this film so much. Just because, like, I, I just love the like the creativity and inventiveness of the traps, especially. Um, and just also just how cruel he is at times, just a bit sadistic. So. Yeah, especially considering that, like, I think they like shot that movie specifically for the film as well, yeah. wasn't it? So. Hmm. Yeah, although you do have to question like how much he knows like the exact second to like press play again from the fast forwards. Yeah, I've always been impressed at how he's able to like do that and manipulate it into like these situations. You know? Yeah, especially in, like the second one, you know, in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, always so impressed. He's a film editor in baking. What can I, I know. Say? Yeah. So what was the sort of, like I said, the biggest elements that you saw, like, find Christmassy or get you in the mood from this film? Obviously, just the, like, the general setting of just, like, the sort of, like, suburban, like, era of America, like, all covered in snow and ice. I mean, just, like, that general aesthetic alone just get, uh, just, you know, makes me think of Christmas, uh, makes me think of Christmas. But also you have, like, the John Williams schools especially, like, do a really good job at, like, creating that sort of family atmosphere, um, it's like it's one of the only films that genuinely makes me massively think uh, like think of family, especially around Christmas. Um, yeah, that um, sort of like airport rush music, like that to me, like encapsulates like the man manicness of Christmas. You know, when you go to like the supermarket and everyone's like, "Oh my God, we haven't got cheese!" You know, we get get the wine. You know, I think that music when they're rushing to the airport, they're like, you know, that is the perfect encapsulation of not only running to the airport when you're late for a flight but also yeah that sort of like 
manicness of Christmas and everything like that. And yeah, only John Williams could come up with something like that. Yeah. And it's also, like you said, the, the suburban family thing, though. There's loads of people online who always say, like, how rich is this guy's dad to have that, that house? Like, it is and, a nice house. And that larger family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and be able to pay for, like, all that pizza. And I don't know if they pay for the entire holiday, but still... <laughs> They certainly paid for the way home. <laughs> yeah, like what were some, some of your favourite moments from the film? I mean, obviously you've got to go for some of the meme-worthy uh, like scenes especially. So obviously we just had the keep your, keep the change of filthy animal. animal. I'm we, we quote to each other a lot, the, the Kevin scene. Yeah. And then outside of like, I mean, if you have to ask me to like choose one of my favourite traps, I, I think I'd be hard-pressed to do that given there are so many like good ones. Yeah. But I also, I'm just a big fan of just... Essentially, like the ending of the like ending of the film, uh, weirdly, just like when the family are just massively reun- uh, reunited. That and probably also the just the general joy of watching like a kid just like party around in the house on his own, and just uh, obviously you have like the <laughs> yeah that famous scream. Yeah, yeah, they they would probably be some of like my utterly favorite moments. I'd say so. Like, what about you guys? What What's your sort of relationship with Home Alone? I usually watch it every year, like number one and number two. But I've also and that's about a good place to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even think of like the other ones that they made. But sort of like what you said um, in terms of like the suburban life and like yeah. the snow and the trees, and it's just sort of like obviously a part of like the Christmas tradition. Like once Home Alone starts playing, you know it's Christmas. But I also really love Joe Pesci. And, oh my god! Um, yeah. I can't remember the other guy's name, but the two like you know. Yeah, the wet bandits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the wet bandits who you know are stumped by this child. It's just hilarious, and it doesn't take itself seriously. And I just enjoy it every year. Yeah, it's despite so... how violent it is, you know, <laughs> yeah. like they should be dead. Yeah. At least in the first, like you know. Oh, well, there, there are great <laughs> videos online where they literally uh, they literally look at every every pratfall or trap and look at like the amount of damage that it should have caused. And actually do a kill count for the film yes. based on how much damage should have been inflicted. Yeah, there's actually like um, a company that did like the realistic like traps, so like yeah. shows like what would actually happen to them and stuff. I think the craziest one when I was like looking into it when I was finding the clips and stuff last night was I forgot that in um, the second one, like you actually see the skeleton of <laughs> the other the, the thinner, slender guy when he gets electrocuted. Because I remember seeing pictures being like of his skeleton showing him. Like, when people are like, you know, this is how bad, like, Kevin's pranks are and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny, Photoshop or whatever. And I was like, oh, wait, that's actually in the <laughs> film. Like, you see his skeleton. Like, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that that always shocks me. But but I think it is also... Like, he hits them in the face with paint cans, for God's yeah. sake. And then, like, bricks from the roof. Yeah. That would go, like, right through your skull. I think despite that, though, it's it's the fact that it's because it's a child, like being able to do whatever he wants and every child sort of has that feeling at some point at Christmas one because you know you saw off school and you saw like all these new toys and stuff like that but then also like Craig said you know about like family and stuff and that is really sort of like you know tugs at the heartstrings with the mother because anybody can look at that film and be like what a terrible parent but man does that film make an effort to be like you're not gonna unlike you know dislike this mother because she tries it damnedest to get back to him <laughs> you know when she's on that van and on in the airport and like you know get me back to my son and everything and interestingly, she's the lady who voices, but yeah, both Sally and uh, the witch character from Nightmare Before Christmas, the one of the um, boogies uh, henchmen. So, like, I always find that 
bizarre that she like goes from like one Christmas film to another, but like completely different roles. But but yeah, it's just that moment when she like appears at the end is is just so heartwarming yeah. when when he gets to see her again. And but yeah, to, to me, I have some very fond memories of that film from childhood. Yeah, I think especially like the beginning of the film because when you are younger, you tend to remember the beginning a bit more because you might have fallen asleep or something by the end. And when you get in like those sort of like you think of like, you know, family with like cousins and, you know, you get that like, oh, you little twerp and all this. And when like, like especially Buzz, like he's such a like horrible brother. (laughs) I think I actually saw like a list the other day and they were like, every character in film is redeemable bar these four. And it was like him, uh, the guy in uh, Back to the Future. And it was like, um, obviously, like you said, the the traps as well, some of the uh, biggest highlights, uh, which we'll watch one now. It's very Indiana Jonesy. <laughs> yeah, that John Williams coming in. Yeah. I just love the fact that you could you could clearly see that it was glowing red. I know. <laughs> That's another. You have to like obviously you have to admire his like inventiveness with the traps, but not even the traps. Like early in the film when he has that like fake party set up, it's like yeah. wow, this takes effort. Yes, I was always impressed with this. This moment goes through me. No. <gasps> I saw the other day somebody online was just like, if there is one moment in film that goes through me, it is this moment. It's like, I've watched Saw, I've watched, you know, Final yes. Destination, but that moment, it's like, yep. It doesn't even go fully through, but you're just like, oh. I know, I, I, I expected it too when I was yeah. rewatching. I was like, okay, it doesn't, but... um. What I find amazing about these traps, and it's just one of the things I find utterly brilliant about the film, is that, because obviously throughout the entire film, uh, like when you see these these two guys alluded to and the fact that they're meant to be like sort of essentially criminal geniuses who are hitting all these houses and they get to this one house and then all of their logic just turns off. They just do things that would make no sense to anyone. You have already been in a house in which this kid is doing things to bloody terrorise you. Why on earth would you then do things like, oh, there's a random thing. I'll pull it. Iron in the face. (laughs) Um, Oh, the, the, the the doorknob is clearly glowing red hand on it just yeah <laughs> I, just, I don't know if it's a case if they make Macaulay Culkin's character really really smart or just the adults really really stupid <laughs> but I love it uh, but that's what's great as well is they add to that you know it could just be another film that's just like oh it's just about this kid like terrorizing these guys but like no it's about him protecting his house and protecting his family and that and, that, and that's another another nice element I still like the movie theory that he becomes sore <laughs> that that that's the first I heard. Actually, have you not? Yeah. No, <laughs> that but would actually, be there. I liked it. It's Joe and Dan here from the Real Experience, and we're wishing everybody at Well Good Movies a Well Good Christmas and a Well Good New Year. Especially you, Craig, you naughty boy. Yeah, I hope you've been a good boy this year, Craig. Looking forward to seeing you guys in the new year for another twelve months. Full of the best film chat in Wales. Bye. Is it just me or was that weirdly sexual? <laughs> Is this the first time you heard it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Genuinely. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't like show him that one purposely to see his reaction. Oh, <laughs> tis the season. To be fair, if Cole appears in your Christmas stocking on Christmas Day, you have them to blame now. <laughs> I mean, if I find out they've been in my house putting in coal, I'm setting up traps like Home Alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's go, guys, to another Christmas cracker. Yay. Right, so me and Craig this time, is it? Okay. 
Yay. <laughs> that's actually like... That's the second pop, one you asked. Just pop the, the crack a bit. Yay. Wow. That, Ow. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, Craig won that one. Is there a green spot? There is indeed a green spot. Oh... <laughs> Oh, wow. All of my time on this show doing endgames has now come back to bite me. <laughs> okay, so uh, I got a roll of sellotape. Ooh, it's, it's practical. To, it's to fix that cracker back up. You never so you know can, when you're going to need it. So. Yeah, you can play again. Okay, um, Okay, I actually like this cracker joke for once in my life. Uh, what do you call a penguin in the Sahara Desert? Lost. Uh, oh. <laughs> hey. I mean, at least it's not a stupid pun. Yes. Is it Happy Feet 3? <laughs> no, I was. I mean, I could change that to make it more my style. Like, what do you call a penguin in the Sahara Desert? Dead. Um, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> reference to the f- to Frozen 2, so. if you haven't seen Frozen 2 yet. So um, Okay, so yeah, I have got a green spot. And bear in mind, for these mini-games, David has basically been devising these. Yeah, right, um, so I'll just explain the concept, guys. So we've got uh, this little cup here, which has um, a bunch of little notes in it, so... Uh, the ones with the red stickers are times, and uh, the blank ones are uh, the challenge within that time. So Craig is going to pick two, making sure that he picks one which has got a red sticker on it. So, Wait, I need to pick a red sticker, not a green sticker. There's, uh, the green sticker is the cracker, but in these right. there's red stickers. Okay. So yeah, I've color-coded everything. <laughs> so uh, yeah, pick either a blank one or a red one. Yeah. Right, so that's blank, is it? Yeah. Yeah, so that's your blank one. And then, so... What? Can I open it? Or? Yeah, what does that say? Blank is the best X-Men, uh, Xmas film. Sorry, no, I thought it was... I, I know, and I wrote there. Xmas film because in 30 seconds. Oh, wow. <laughs> you probably got like... Okay, so guys, we choose what Craig has to put in the blanks, so we need to choose what is blank is the best Christmas film because... So what, what, are, we put, what are we putting in that blank? Are we going to be cruel and give him something bad or are we going to give him something good? What do you think? Like any film? Yeah. Uh, well, any. Well, yeah, if that would be really cruel. <laughs> it was like Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean is the best Christmas film because. No. Or how? do we go with a bad Christmas film? Or we can go with something like the joke you made earlier Die Hard. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, right, so I'll give you 30 seconds. Craig has to convince us that it is the best Christmas film from his argument. If he does, then we'll give him a point. So, start in 30 seconds now. Die Hard is the best Christmas film because at the end uh, at the end of the day it has a lot of incredible action scenes uh, like and, and, and incredible moments including people like uh, Bruce Willis and like Alan Rickman. I mean, who doesn't love Alan Rickman, right? He's an absolute bay. Um, I just. It has like such cultural uh, cultural impact as well. So you have like the Nakatomi Plaza. You have like all of these uh, all of these scenes. You have one man fighting for what uh, for what he needs to do to, to protect everyone. And what's better about the Christmas spirit than like somebody standing up for all of us? Right. I didn't hear too much about Christmas till the end there, so I'm not sure. What do you guys think? Yeah, I didn't hear as much like why it's the yeah, best that, Christmas. Yeah, I was like hearing more why it's a good film. But yeah. Laura, <laughs> do you agree? Mm. I think, given the time yeah. restraint and the fact that he was just thrown on Craig, I think he did a very good yeah. job. Are we giving Craig a point? You know or? what? It is Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Christmas. <laughs> we'll just give everyone a point today. It doesn't if you're wrong, you get a point. <laughs> it's Christmas. So, okay, Craig. So, yep, you get a point. There you go. That's your point sound effect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that, 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 when you said the 30 seconds thing, I was like, well, he is a debater, so like he has got an advantage there. But That's awesome, yeah. Cool. That is our first little game of uh, 
of the episode. So, uh, like I said, we've had our Christmas message. We've had our little game. So it's on to our next favorite Christmas movie. So it's over to Nia. Yeah! them <laughs> which i'll discuss yeah don't worry i've got a clip lined up for that <laughs> <laughs> so the next clip if you're talking about him we'll cut to that one but yeah oh perfect so yeah why is uh, it's a wonderful life your favorite christmas movie um well for me it's because i, I watch it once a year on like christmas eve but um i learn something new about myself every year so it's like um as an example like last year i watched it in orlando um with my parents and then this year i'll be watching in the uk after moving um, and it's like, you know, I'm not the same person that I was like a year ago. And the film reminds me of that and like how much I've grown and how I will continue growing when, you know, I'm reunited with George Bailey and Bedford yeah. Falls and stuff. Um, and it's basically like teaches me every year to be grateful for your friends and for mm. your family and for like being alive as cheesy as that is. It's just like the epitome of like what an old Hollywood film, you know was and it just like fills my heart with like so much joy yeah it's the one type of film that you would watch every year because it's a christmas film yeah but yeah it's mostly just because it just gets you to think about your life and like your friends and your family and you know just like clarence coming down and being like you know if you weren't here all these things wouldn't have happened Mm. it just hits you right in the feels so for those who might have not seen It's Wonderful Life, just like briefly or your summary of it. So it's basically about a man named George Bailey who lives in a fictional town of um, Bedford Falls. Um, and George is a great dude. He's like one of the obviously the best people in the town um, whose dream is to get out and to travel and to like build beautiful, beautiful things like architecture stuff. Um, but his father passes away and he's stuck taking care of the family business, which is the um, Bailey's building and loan i think that's what it was yeah. um and then one thing leads to another and george never makes it out um but he does meet the love of his life mm. and they have lots of kids and a gorgeous family like zuzu is like the best name by the way for like a daughter oh well <laughs> what is it Gazoo- zuzu oh, i think zuzu. that's one of his kids names like oh, okay. zuzu yeah. oh, okay but they say gazuzu i was like wow that is <laughs> no i love that name yeah um so then one night he decides to um, end his life by jumping off a bridge. Mm. But um, as he's about to do it, someone else jumps in and then he jumps in to save them. Um, and the person turns out to be um, his guardian angel, Clarence, who was sent down from heaven on his own like special duty and his own like character arc uh, to show George the meaning of life. And if he does, then he gets his wings and he gets to become um, an angel huh. officially. Yes. I was, yeah. I was surprised when I was watching the trailer for this, like how much they play up the wonderful life aspect of it. Like the original trailer, it's like, it's a wonderful life. Watch why it's <laughs> a wonderful life. Look at this wonderful shop. Look at this wonderful family. And it's just like, it's a wonderful life. Have you heard? <laughs> yeah. Life is wonderful. I know. I was just like, um, you're kind of missing out the key element of this film, which is <laughs> the dark. Sort of like, you know. Yeah, it so, is, gets super, super dark. Yeah. Like when you really think about it, especially for a film released like well like back then but i guess it does make sense because it was released after the war when things were a little darker and you know people coming to terms with 
you know, life then. Yeah, but then also wanted to cheer them up as well. So yeah. Was, yeah. So one of the like important things that I've learned is through watching It's a Wonderful Life mm-hmm. is like we all end up where we're supposed to be like in the end, even though you didn't think so like at the time. Like George always wanted to leave. He wanted to get out. Yeah. But the place he really needed to be and he was meant to be was Bedford Falls because he did so much like great work there with his friends and with his family. And it's like I never knew I'd be sitting here in Cardiff. But mm. it's like right now it feels like, you know what, this is where I'm supposed to be. I feel good, you know? Yeah. It's about being happy with what you got. So exactly. like yeah. And they make that message of if you keep chasing something that will never happen you just spend your life chasing something rather than yes. actually realizing oh this is what's happening right now kind of thing yes Which i think yeah. it's important for a lot of people these days especially with social media they can easily yes. just be like oh look at all these great places people are going to etc i know and it's like what really matters is like what what you do with what you have yeah exactly you know? yeah and then obviously no man is a failure who has friends like every time like the ending when he opens mm. like the it was in the book right i think that clarence leaves like on top of the money pile, the massive money pile from like all his friends and stuff yeah. that he writes in. It's just like, oh, mm. endless tears. <laughs> the bit that was the, her saying the like, you know, look daddy, every time a bell rings, oh. you know, like, <laughs> it's like, like, attaboy Clarence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, that. that's such a heartwarming moment. I think it's just the way the child like says it as well. Like, look daddy, every yes. time a bell. And you're like, oh, it's so it's innocent. You. You're like, oh. Yeah, but then it's like through that, you learn that everyone, um, sorry, my voice just went, um, everyone has it's a the story. Emotion is kind of yes. <laughs> Damn you, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> but everyone like has a story. Like you guys have your own stories and mm. your own, you know, lives and struggles. But like, so does like the postman and your coworker or someone you don't really speak to a lot. So it sort of teaches you to treat everyone with compassion and, you know, patience mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a great message. And like just a small little action goes mm. like a long way, even if it's like saying, hey, how are you doing today? You know? Yeah. And you see the story like brought up in a lot of other things, don't you? Like, so even though if you haven't seen this wonderful life, you will watch it and then be like, oh, I've actually, I've seen this in something else. Because it's that whole like, if you had never been born thing, which they yes. use in quite a lot of like TV shows and stuff. Then, Yeah. Well. So I have seen a, a beautifully cruel parody of this. Oh. So, um, Ooh, where? Uh uh, the BBC a couple of, uh, well, quite a few years ago, used to have a sitcom called My Family. And uh, the father, Ben Harper, he was going through, like, his own crisis and his own personal angel was like, well, let me show you a world in which you had never been born. And it was basically everything was just the same. So he's just there like, oh, my God, I have no impact. He's like, oh, I'm really sorry. No, it's brilliant. It means that everything wrong in the world is not my fault. <laughs> and then he just has the same reaction as, like, James Stewart. He's, he's just like... Oh, I love this. <laughs> I'm not responsible for anything. I actually like that. <laughs> that's, that's that's good. Runs through the street. Merry Christmas. Yeah, he's just hugging his children. Just like. <laughs> he leaves them, you know. <laughs> there, there can be some dark ones, like I said, because we'll talk about like the Muppets later because they do Christmas Carol, but they actually did uh, like a very merry Muppet Christmas or something for, uh, it was more of a TV movie. Um, and that, that they sort of adapt that storyline for, for that one as well. But that like it's not a very merry Muppet Christmas because it's like quite dark like when Kermit sees the world without him because it's like you know in the Muppet movie there's like what's his name like Doc Hopper or whatever wants to make like frog's legs it's like he's been successful at that and it's like there's like fast food chains of frog's legs around the country and like his friends are like like I'm pretty sure one of them is actually working as basically like a hooker or like a strip dancer mm-hmm. like one of the Muppets and you're like wow <laughs> this went there <laughs> it's just like so 
Yeah, and, and basically they're making the whole parallel of, you know, like you have the statues of Kermit, like, thank you, Kermit, for all the, you know, the things you've done for the world. And it's just like, without you, children are not happy. And it's just like, it's a depressing world. And it's like, oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. dark, dark take <clears throat> on that that story. But what uh, any other cool uh, takeaways from it? One more was it's basically sort of like um, make sure you dream big, no matter what anyone says. Um, it's like, obviously, some of George's dreams don't come true, but it's still important to be motivated and to have goals and aspirations um i don't know just just to keep you motivated keep you going there's nothing wrong with having dreams what about like in terms like the behind the scenes thing one thing i was interested in what you think about is the color or black and white version because obviously i know black and white is the main one you get i don't like the color it just makes it it doesn't feel right like it it wasn't made to be color so it just feels Something's off. Yeah, I feel like the black and white definitely works for the for the sort of atmosphere of the film anyway. Because yes. weirdly enough, in the in the scene that we just saw, even though it was still in black and white, there was still something noticeably like more energized about it, which I feel that I feel like that would be lost in color because I haven't seen the color. And oh no, I, I refuse. Frankly, yeah, don't don't intend to. I'm pretty sure. It's, is it like? It's a digital colorization, is it? Or it's is a it... digital life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, is it like they've colored the film afterwards kind of thing? It's not like it was... I'm not sure if it was ever actually filmed no, in I color. No, I think it was done after. Yeah. Which so... I don't understand why they did it. Yeah. So when I... I th- again, I th- I remember watching it the first time being like, right, watch the black and white one because that's how it was originally intended. Excellent. Whether I watched the color one afterwards, I can't remember, or just watched through parts of it. Um, and last night I saw the scene at the end and I was like, oh, wow, this actually does look quite convincing. They was oh, filmed wow. in color. But they are bits at the at it the start the look kind of like as if you know somebody has just you know like when you get that effect of like say you take a photo and you turn it from green to blue or whatever mm. and it just has that like r- weird reverted it looks a bit like that at some parts of the film or it looks as if literally somebody's taken somebody's coat and sort of painted over it so yeah it doesn't feel right I don't no. know. I don't like it yeah and I think keeping it black and white keeps it in yes. that realm of like Citizen Kane and those sort of like yes. classic movies why would you change it, it? Yeah. yeah just leave it <laughs> um, cool. yeah uh, other technical or trivia things you yes can? so I found these on an article from Vanity Fair it's called It's a Wonderful Life at 70 A Toast to the Richest Film in Town okay um, and uh this was Jimmy Stewart's first film after returning home from fighting in World War II. He was deployed there for three years. Oh, okay. Um, and the idea of the film came from author Philip Van Dorenstern, who um, had become frustrated that he couldn't get a short story published, so he uh, had sent it to his friends as a 21-page Christmas card instead. So can you imagine getting like that huge Christmas card? To be like, whoa, what's <laughs> happening here? <laughs> Can you imagine if all of his friends had the same idea to do it? That's and you just get oh like God. loads of twenty-one pages. Like, oh, for God's sake! Yes, I've got to write my own twenty-one-page Christmas cards. Come on, guys! That's actually a good idea, but it's so time-consuming. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's better than getting like those novels from families. You know, mm. that's like, oh, this year so and so is doing this, so and so is doing that. Mm. No one cares. Yeah. <laughs> and then let's see. Um, Bedford, the Bedford Falls set was one of the largest American film sets ever created. Um, sprawled across four acres with 75 fake stores and buildings in a three-block main street and 20 full-grown oak trees. Yeah. Amazing. I, I saw this last night. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, because that scene where he's walking through, I thought that was a real place. And I was like, that's a set? What? I was like, like now nah. it would just be like green screen, yeah. one building. Yeah. You know. Exactly, yeah. Kind of miss I, that. I wonder if they repurposed, like, you know, you, you know, when you get like universal lots, you know, so they keep and you see the same place like in a few films. I wonder if they sort of repurposed oh. it for other stuff or not. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. 
guys at home, have a look. Tell us on social media. Let me know. <laughs> um, and this line was improvised by Jimmy Stewart when he was like, I'm not a praying man, but if you're up there and you can hear me, show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. Show me the way, God. Um, and according to Stewart, as I said those words, I felt the loneliness, the hopelessness of people who had nowhere to turn, and my eyes filled with tears. I broke down sobbing. That was not planned at all. Oh, wow. And that goes in part with his time in the war, you know, and coming back to yeah. reality and stuff. And did you guys know the film was considered a box office failure, finishing 26 in the box office revenues for the year of 1947? Mm. Yes. And like everyone who was making it, like mm. Frank Capra, they all felt like they were making the best films of their career and yeah it's just funny how that kind of like works out yeah that happens with quite a lot of like classic films isn't it like Blade Runner that you know like they it's yeah. then becomes that cult following kind of thing yeah and the last one um, the reason why it's so popular today is it wasn't until 1974 when Republic Pictures who owned the film's copyright at the time chose not to renew the rights to the film so American TV channels started showing it continuously mm. you know thanks free content um, and thus helping families and different you know people every year discover the brilliance of the film and start great yeah. traditions exactly that's where a lot of these films are coming to their own is syndications or like yes. playing it back and stuff and um, what do you think like for any of you guys you know what what is it again that makes it so like such a christmas you know like does, does imbue christmas for you as well so as well as being such a great film on its own you know what do you think makes it such a, a staple christmas film as well I think it's just family um, mm. and being together and just realizing the importance of life and the importance of, you know, relationships that is just very, like, Christmassy, you know, aside from, you know, you look out and it's like consumerism and blah, 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 but then you just think back to, like, simple times with, you know, George Bailey and his family and yeah. his friends. and I think, yeah, that, that and that's very relevant for the uh, clip we have from it because I think this rings true to today even when you watch this. <laughs> what is that, Gettys? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. And all because a few starry-eyed dreamers like Peter Bailey stir them up and fill their head with a lot of impossible ideas. Now, I say... A minute, just, just a minute. Now, hold on, Mr. Just a minute. Now, you're right when you say my father was no businessman. I know that. Why he ever started this cheap penny-ante building alone, I'll never know. But... Neither you nor anybody else can say anything against his character because his whole life was... Why, in the 25 years since he and Uncle Billy started this thing, he never once thought of himself. Isn't that right, Uncle Billy? He didn't save enough money to send Harry to school, let alone me. But he did help a few people get out of your slums, Mr. Potter. And what's wrong with that? Buddy, here, you're all businessmen here. Don't it make them better citizens? Doesn't it make them better customers? You, you said that they... What'd you say just a minute ago? They, they had to wait and save their money before they even thought of a decent home? Wait? Wait for what? Until their children grow up and leave them? Until they're so old and broken down that they... Do you know how long it takes a working man to save $5,000? Just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him, but to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book. I'm talking about the building and loan. I know very well what you're talking about. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on, and it's galling you. That's what you're talking about, I know. Well, I, I, I've said too much. I, you're, the, you're the board here. You do what you want with this thing. There's just one thing more, though. This town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can come without crawling to Potter. Come on. 
told. <laughs> yes. Shop local. Yes. Also, it's, I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> it's so relevant to the day, though. When he's saying that, like, you know, you have something you can't get your hands on and, you know, like, you know, working people and stuff like that, you know, it's, I, I can't, there's another example of it, but I suppose maybe something like the Charlie Chaplin, like, dictator, mm, when a lot of people dictator. take, you know, take moments from the past to be like, wow, this is still so relevant today, you know, yes. and, and that's another that's example you know. of that. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Thank cool. you, Nia. Um, one question. Oh. Why has no one pushed Mr. Potter down the stairs? Oh. No one in Bedford Falls would have cared. <laughs> Literally no one would have cared. That's yeah. it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a, a, an angel can get his wings if he pushes him down yes, Someone, please yeah. travel back in time. Whoops. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, guys, we're going to have another Christmas cracker. So, we go me and Laura this time. Yes. Uh, this is rigged. <laughs> you still haven't gotten one. Oh, no. Unacceptable. I haven't right. got a green dot either. No? You sure? No. Oh, come no. on. Look yeah. in the main bit. I'm sure there in must the be. the main bit. I've got a cookie cutter. A Christmas tree. Mm. Oh, wait. No, yes. I yeah. Do <laughs> I was just like, are you there? sure? Cool. So that means that you pick from the cup. Oh, no. I'm nervous now. Good luck. So remember... Get a plain one first. Santa portrayals. Okay. And then... In one minute. Oh, so you've got one minute to name as many portrayals of Santa as you can. So whether you just, like, name the actor, the film they're in, the versions of Santa. Oh, um, gosh. And... Yeah, so... I think I'm just going to go with, there's a Santa in this film. There's a Santa in this <laughs> yeah. film, because, yeah. Okay. If you could think of the, the actor who plays them, or just like, yeah, like, if it's a different type of Santa, then just mention it. Um, but yeah, we'll give you... So it's one minute you had, yeah? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> you're the one that had the notes. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> okay, so... And then I'll try and sound off as you go along. So one minute starting now. Okay. Um, Santa and Polar Express. Santa in two Santas in the Santa Claus. Because there's Santa and then Tim Allen Santa. Mm. Why don't I tell her too? Um, why is this hard? Okay. Santa and Elf. Santa in Rise of the Guardians. Santa in... I love that one. Why can I not think of Christmas films? <laughs> um, oh my gosh, it's so difficult. 25 seconds. <laughs> Santa in... Oh my goodness. Could we help? Or no? Who plays Santa in the Lies of the Guardians? Do you remember who plays him? Nope. Nope. <laughs> There's one miracle. <laughs> miracle on Fateful Street. Santa. Um, Slay. <laughs> huh? No, no, no. Nothing. Oh, Okay. Um, um, I try to think as well. Oop. Hooray! One minute. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. What did you count on that, Gregor? Uh, so in the end, you were able to name six films that have Santa in. Okay, not bad. That's I think awesome. that's pretty good effort. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I and I think purely for the Rise of the Guardians ones, I'm willing to give a point because. Last night I was thinking, if, if somebody mentions Rise of the Guardians, I'll be impressed. It's uh, Alec Baldwin who voices him oh, in that okay. one. Yeah, Very it, underrated. It, yeah. I love when I saw that in the yeah. cinema. Yeah. And it's got Andr- uh, Alexander, no, Alexander Des Platt does the score, but there's a really good cinematographer who actually worked on that film as well. I forgot um, his name. Which I think makes it so much more cinematic. But but yeah, Russian Santa with swords, what's not yes. to love? You got Jack Frost in there. Yeah. Easter exactly. Bunny. Yeah. You got it all. So, so you good. can watch it Easter, Christmas, whenever you want. <laughs> 
Cool. Uh, so, uh, with that, it's on to Laura's favorite Christmas film. Oh, wow! What's this? This is the North Pole. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. It's time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah. Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town. Yes. Can you sign this for Oh, hi. Santa's coming. Such a classic scene. <laughs> yes. So, yes, Elf, your favorite Christmas movie. Yes. Tell us about it. I know, well, I know Dave was quite, cons- well, not considered, was, well. <laughs> Surprised. Surprised is yeah. the right word to use. I picked this because he thought I was picked the night before Christmas. Yeah. That's yeah, another good favorite one. one. Um, but I didn't pick that one only because mm. I don't see that one as a Christmas film. I think only because I watch it all the way through the year mm. that I don't really feel that it's a Christmas yeah, film. Yeah, and it, it, it it's is It's just like, a holiday film, I'd say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I picked Elf. Yeah. Um, I think I like Elf um, probably because of the time it came out. So I, I was 12 when it came out. So I think I was still at the point where Christmas was still magic to me, but I was old enough to sort of understand that mm. Santa wasn't, you know... Spoiler, yeah. Santa's not real. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I still had that, you know, excitement of coming downstairs on Christmas Day and opening presents. So I think that was kind of why I liked that. And I think I've liked it into my adult years because of my background in psychology. So the fact that he's been raised by elves. Mm. And so when he goes into our our world, he's like a complete weirdo to mm. everyone like what is wrong with this person like he loves Christmas like yeah. what is going on um, but yeah and I think it's just a feel good movie and it's, it's it's hilarious I think this is the first film um, I saw when I was younger with Will Ferrell in it was the first role I've ever seen him in Yeah. so to then see him in like Ron Burgundy and mm. Step Brothers just like oh mm. okay this is a bit this is completely different to what he's like in Elf but yeah. okay um, and I think it's just, I think it's nice. I think it's sort of a way of telling people that just because you're an adult doesn't mean you haven't got to be excited about Christmas. Like mm. his dad, he's so like, you know, he's a bit of a Scrooge. He's like, mm, whatever, he's more interested in work and earning money than his family. Whereas Elf teaches him like, you got to be excited for Christmas. Christmas is amazing kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah, I think that's, I think that's why I like it. Yeah, um, it's also that element of, like you said, I think it was the first film I saw saw him in. And to me, every time I see him afterwards, he's one of those actors where it's like Will Ferrell as kind of thing. So even as Ron Burgundy, I still see him like, hmm. I still see him as Will Ferrell playing that part. Like, But to me, he so sinks into the character with Buddy. Like, you know, when we're watching that clip with Buddy, 
like I don't I see Buddy I don't see Will Ferrell as Buddy kind of thing I think that's what's really good about Dan and you can tell in that performance he's so convincing when he does that reaction it's not like cheesy overblown it's like genuine like excitement and I think, I think a lot good. of it for me is that I I love how like stiff he keeps throughout like the entire like yeah. the entirety of his performance I think that just sort of adds to the sort of like mm. childlike enthusiasm which is just kind of unique for for Ferrell at yeah, this point exactly so. Uh, well, any other big things that sort of stand out to you as a Christmas film or like trivia from it or? Um, I think as a Christmas film, just like a big, big part of the whole story of it is to try and get his dad to kind of realise that there's more to life than working and earning lots of money. It's, you know, that is nice, but you've got to, you know, the most important things in your life are your family and friends and you've got to make time for that. Mm. Otherwise... You're kind of living a bit of an empty life if you're just yeah. going to work, coming home, earning lots of money kind of thing. I mean, there's a scene in the film where he comes home for dinner and he just literally just picks up his plate and goes and works in the study rather than sitting down and having food with his family, which yeah. is really kind of sad, really, that there's people in this life now, even, you know, with this so bogged down with doing work that they've just literally not got time for their own family for to sit down for half an hour yeah. at, at dinner time, which is kind of sad so I think it, it kind of shows people like you know you need to have that time to have with with your family because mm. that's that's what Christmas is about that's what life is about really so yeah yeah and I'm rewatching it and stuff what's the standout you know again is it the humor that you love is it you know is it again the, the sort of feelings of it yeah I think the humor really really gets it I think my one of my favorite scenes in the in the whole film is where he walks into a big department store mm. and there's a lady offering up a perfume <laughs> yeah. and obviously he's never come across <laughs> perfume before and he thinks it's a spray to put in your mouth and yeah. he sprays it in his mouth and the reaction is just absolutely hilarious. Yeah. It, I, it makes me laugh every time, even though I know he's coming. Yeah. It's so funny. He's just so like, oh my gosh, what have you given me? Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to kill me. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, the that you got coming up as well is, is really funny yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, we'll go to that clip now, so. You got, uh... I'm in love, I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Buddy, uh, not now, uh... Can you please go back to the uh, to the pit? I'll come visit you in a little while, okay? I didn't know you had elves working here. Oh. Boy, you're you're hilarious, my friend. He doesn't. Uh, get get back to the story, please. Uh, <clears throat> so on the cover above the title. Does Santa know that you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here, buddy? Go back to the base bay, Jackweed. I get more action in a week than you've had your entire life. I've got houses in LA, Paris, and Vail. Oh. Each one of them with a 70-inch plasma screen. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. <laughs> Look at you! Ow! Hey, what are you doing? I wasn't ready for that. Call me Elf one more time. Call me Elf. You're an elf. 
so good. I find it really weird how much his dialogue is basically just like Tyrion's. Yeah. <laughs> Even like the use of like my friend. I'm just. Is this just a thing that like Dinklish does in yeah. every film? Everything he does. He is kind of typecast, but not in like obviously the roles that you'd have to play for like his height and everything. But mm. also like he is usually that of a sort of stern, like you know, smarter guy kind of thing. But. Yeah. But yeah, I remember thinking of that scene, like, has that aged well? I don't know, kind of thing. And when I rewatched it, I was like, well, no, actually, it's fine. Because especially the guy's reaction to when he goes, oh, you didn't know you had Ellsworth near. And that guy who then just looks like, oh, my yeah, God. It's like Andy it's, Richter, I think. Yeah. So I think that's just like a perfect depiction of, yeah, how people would react in, in reality. Kind of thing. I think it stands out as well for like similar to Home Alone where you have like the traps there's also like you said the things like the perfume the one that sticks in my mouth is the is the spaghetti and yes. candy thing have you ever I'm thought like, about making that for yourself I put some maple syrup on there <laughs> mm. I don't know part of me always sees it in there it's like <laughs> like I don't know whether to be like yeah. sick M&Ms? or like <laughs> it, it's one of those where it's just like it sticks in your mind like yeah. because it's such a vivid food that he makes but yeah, I don't know if I fancy it maybe fish fingers and custard from Doctor Who yes. but maybe that one is a bit too far I don't know <laughs> I think they're both equal okay yeah yeah. try Although it at I home think, <laughs> I do think one uh, scene that does stick in my mind is well, another time when he's in the de- department store and he goes up the escalator and he just you know he doesn't quite know how to to work it and he's letting people go and then he finally gets on there and he just puts the one foot on there and just leaves his other foot behind and he's slowly yeah. just doing the splits and just every time I go on an estate now I always think of that, yeah. that scene just yes. like I mean, for years me and my sister be like should we, should we do the elf thing do the elf? and my mum would be like no no it's dangerous don't do that like, I'm sorry but it's funny yeah I think you still see pictures of that online don't you like when you do, you know when you're nervous or something or like there's that video of the dog going on the escalator have you seen that where the guy has to pick up the dog oh, and so yeah, like yeah. You know, there are loads of those to be fair yeah, yeah. Oh. they're always golden retrievers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. Thanks, uh, Laura. So that's uh, Laura's favorite Christmas film. We'll now go to another message from one of our uh, Well Good Movies alumni from Christopher Maxwell, who also helped us out today. Hello, Well Good Movies. It's Christopher Maxwell here from your Halloween special 2019 on classic horror movies. And I'm here to share with you some Christmas cheer. Now, as the theme of today's episode is discussing favorite Christmas movies, David asked me if I could share with you my favorite Christmas movie. And I think it's a toss-up between either Gremlins or Black Christmas. Because, of course, even a Christmas movie can be a scary movie. To everyone at Well Good Movies and all their fans listening wherever you are, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Craig wasn't scared, freaked out by that one. (laughs) Spooky. Spooky for me. Yeah, that's true, yeah. It, but it is true, like some of the films we're talking about, like I said, you have those dark elements where you're like, oh, especially like Nightmare Before Christmas <laughs> um, and Gremlins, like he mentioned. Uh, cool. Shall we have another cracker, guys? One more. There's one more left. Okay. Who Who's going to have this one? should be Nia because I've done two. Yeah, yeah so it would be definitely Nia. Who's it between? Nia and... Well, you've pulled with Nia, so... Oh. Oh. <laughs> And also I avoid doing the game, so that's fine. There's a green thing in here. Yes. <laughs> what do you call a man with a spade on his head? Doug. Mm. You win. <laughs> that's the game of this one. Okay, so uh, pick a plain card. So what have you got? <gasps> Animated Christmas films. In one minute. Okay. So name as many animated Christmas films in one minute as you can. Are you ready? 
Okay, so, let's do it. And go. Well, there's A Nightmare Before Christmas, Rise of the Guardians. There's Claws that I just watched on Netflix. Really good. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any more right now. Oh, crap. <laughs> Christmas Express, something with the, Tom Hanks is in it. Polar Express. The Polar Express, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay. <laughs> You're a mean one. Oh, the Grinch? How did I forget the Grinch? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's the pressure. <laughs> and then there's like this, uh, I can't remember it. You uh, mentioned one earlier. Which one did I mention earlier? No, like we all mentioned earlier. Kind, like, kind of Christmas film. I can't. Russian Santa? I think I said Rise of the oh, Guardians. Oh, dude, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I said uh, Rise. <laughs> oh, there's like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. There's Frosty the Snowman. There's all those classic ones. Um, Don't give a tick for all the classic ones. <laughs> no. Okay, that's, that's time. That's time. How'd I do? Uh, you got seven. Hey, well done. Better yeah. than like one or two. It's <laughs> really difficult when you're in depression. Yeah, you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> Again, that story that me and Craig O'Shea of me doing the woman one on real experience of uh, or like guessing a character in a film or wherever it was it's like is it man uh, no is it a woman <laughs> why did I ask You're that? Like, what? I'll be driving home and thinking of more and be like God, yeah exactly I missed it no well like I said one point veneer good effort yeah I, I, I think my Polar Express clue is pretty pretty subtle yeah thank you uh, like cool. some train Tom Hanks CGI cool so the next uh, favourite Christmas movie will be mine today which is uh, The Muppets Christmas Carol the one thing I'll say is is it me or is it getting chilly around you? When a cold wind blows, it chills you, chills you to the bone. But there's nothing in nature that freezes your heart like years of being alone. It paints you with indifference like a lady paints with rouge. And the worst of the worst, the most hated and cursed, is the one that we call Scrooge. Unkind as any, and the wrath of many, this is Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, there goes Mr. Humbug, there goes Mr. Grimm. If they gave a prize for being mean, the winner would be him. Old Scrooge, he loves his money cause he thinks it gives him power. If he became a flavor, you can bet he would be sour. <laughs> Even the vegetables don't like him. Yeah, so uh, the opening, well, pretty much the opening to the film um, after some narration from Gonzo, etc. Um, but that was Scrooge from A Muppet's Christmas Carol, uh, which every year when it starts to get that chill in the air, when you get that September to October feeling, when it starts to get a bit colder, similar like when you're on an escalator, Laura, that song just pops in my head. It's just like when a cold wind blows, it chills you. And it just makes me think of that. And that's part of why I love this film is just they perfectly encapsulate so many feelings of winter and of Christmas. You know, to me as well, I think, you know, there was other contenders like, you know, The Grinch or Nightmare Before Christmas. But I think where you have elements like, you know, Halloween also like, you know, being a Grinch, etc. Like, you know, that is where they can lose out on certain elements. So I feel The Muppets Christmas Carol just encapsulates all the elements of Christmas in quite a nice sort of package. And also it's The Muppets. So, you know, what better, you know, reason do you need to have like fun and joy and comedy? Um, but yeah, that, that's one of the standout moments for me is, you know, is Scrooge. I think it's great there's a musical because, you know, again, Christmas time is all about music. The fact that it sort of tells you so much about the character of Scrooge. So by saying, you know, chills you to the bone, freezes your heart. 
um, the you know wrath of many. I think when you watch other adaptations of Christmas Carol, one thing I find lacking is that, you know, you just get introduced to this character at the beginning and he's just being mean to people, which obviously happens in this film. But, you know, it's it's only a song that can sort of like give you those, you know, evocative words and themes that make you feel the character. So saying like, you know, cold heart and like wrath, you know, where somebody could say that in dialogue, it just doesn't have the same sort of like impact, you know, and, and it, it makes you take him seriously. I think a big stand out from this film as well as Michael Caine as uh, Scrooge and I think one of the one of my favorite sort of bits of trivia from this is that he approaches the film I think in his words as he's acting alongside the Royal Shakespeare Company so he decided to see it not as performing alongside Muppets he treated them the same as like normal actors which I think is you know makes the film all that much better because there's so many times in other Muppet or animated films and stuff where they're just playing off the like goofiness of it but the fact he takes it so seriously is what again, makes this a really serious uh, Christmas Carol adaptation. And there's been other adaptations of Christmas Carol, which are actually probably maybe more silly than um, than the Muppets version. So, you know, the fact you've got Gonzo and Rizzo narrating, I think, adds a lot to it as well. So, like, um, I think one of the writers of the film said that when he read the book, he thought, well, something that's sad that you lose is, like, Charles Dickens' voice in, in, the, in the book, because there's a lot of prose... Uh, in there, like, describe what's happened. So by having Gonzo play Charles Dickens, um, it allows you to have that sort of book-like feel by introducing the film and telling you what's happening, which is useful when you're a child, especially. Uh, but it also leads to a lot of, like, good comic moments, like at the end when the Grim Reaper sort of looking ghost of Christmas future appears, and they're like, oh, we're going to leave now. This is too scary for us kind of thing, So, which I always um, always love. Do you guys, you know, have you guys got certain memories of this film or did you grow up with it? What's what's your experiences with it? Yeah, um, I think I actually watched The Muppets Christmas Carol before um, any other adaptions of it. So I thought that this was the thing yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But I think as well, like putting The Muppets into it, just it just opens it up for kids. I mean, mm. it's quite a dark story behind yeah. it, but I think it just makes it more accessible for kids than it is. You know, something, you know, even from maybe the age of like nine or ten, really, there's something yeah. you can, there's something you can take away from it rather than just, oh, it's the Muppets, they're funny and kooky and yeah. crazy and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. I find it really, I find it really weird, but also in- incredible, like how respectful of the original story that they remain, even though, you know, at, their, at its heart, there's still like a lot of the, you know, like the Muppets traditional sort of humor involved. Um, just the fact that, and I think Michael, as you say, Dave, like Michael Caine is part of the reason for that. Because if he were to, if they were to like uh, animate his performance in any any way, I think they would lose a lot of what actually I really love about the story. But because he keeps that grounded reality, in some ways as well, it also makes the Muppets sort of work at his level as well. Because obviously, mm. um, like the Muppets that don't necessarily interact with him yet, they go on like some of the antics. But like the ones that actually do, so you know, like. Kermit's character yeah um, it still has to be forced with that reality which allows that darkness to come through but I, I absolutely agree Laura I think as like an adaptation to get kids involved in the story like this is basically perfect yeah and it's interesting because uh, when you look at Ron Tomatoes like they have a list of like top Christmas films and they're like oh it's not one of the best uh, adaptations of the story but um, it's still a serviceable one but I'm like well there's actually only one other Christmas film Christmas Carol adaptation they had above Christmas Carol on that list so even though they say it's not the finest adaption there's only actually that on their list it's actually the second best you know so but also when you're talking about that like you know it's a scary story what I really appreciate about it as well and you don't really realize as a kid is 
when you watch like the Muppets do, like, I think they did like Wizard of Oz and stuff in you know later films, um, or just the Muppet Show um, or any other sort like you know cartoons where they're like, oh, let's put these characters in a classic story. It's the very easy thing to do is be like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if you know this character was that you know character? And like you said, with the interactions with the Muppets, the coasts of Christmas past, future, and present are all still original characters, and especially past and future, you know don't look Muppet-like at all. And I think that really adds, again, that sort of serious and, and seriousness to the film and sort of gravitas because you still see them as serious, whereas I think the filmmakers said originally they were thinking of having the Muppets as the ghosts. So, like, Gonzo would have been, like, the ghost of Christmas future and there would have been... That wouldn't have worked. Yeah, and there would have been the joke that his nose come out of the cloak and stuff. But, yeah, you would have lost the seriousness. So I think the fact that they're sort of supporting characters, like, adds to what Kane was saying is that, you know, these are, like, normal actors for me and, and they just inhabit that world. Um, so, and and as well, the, to me, a lot of the things in this, like, because maybe it is my first interaction with the story um, as a child, but, you know, to me, Michael Caine is, is Scrooge. Like, you know, anybody else I see that, I can't see them as the character because he nails it so much for me. I think um, The Ghost of Christmas Past, I think, is one of the best representations of that, just that weird, floaty, like, look they give to her. Like, other films, they, you know, they make it like a sort of flame or they make it just like a golden ghost. And I'm like, that one what's, has a creepy What's the adaptation feeling. where they just give it a weird baby face? Like, yeah, it's, it's, that's not the Jim Carrey one, is it? Or, I think it is, I mean, yeah. But, um, yeah, the, it's interesting, actually, because it was like a puppet, which they put into water, and that's how they get that floaty effect. So they filmed it in water and then overlaid it over the film, so that's how she's all sort of ethereal looking. Originally, they did it in oil, but apparently that was too, like, problematic. <laughs> but, yeah, probably quite... Uh, but, um... Yeah, you know, so I think that that's a really important point. But but also on the other side of things, it is the fun and the humour and the comedy of it, um, which, like I said, the, my favourite clip of the film is just a perfect depiction of, which shows the darkness and the light. Thank you for not shouting at me. Let us deal with the eviction notices for tomorrow, Mr Cratchit. Huh? Tomorrow's Christmas, sir. Very well. You may gift wrap them. Let us help you with that, Mr. Cratchit. Oh, my, there are certainly a lot today. We'll get it, we'll get it. Okay, okay. There you go. Christmas is a very busy time for us, Mr. Cratchit. People preparing feasts, giving parties, spending the mortgage money on frivolities. One might say that December is the foreclosure season. Harvest time for the moneylenders. Good boys, pack some. Oh. Come on, Mr. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Do it now. If you please, Mr. Scrooge, it's gotten colder. Yeah. And the bookkeeping staff would like to have an extra shovel full of coal yeah. for the fire. We can't do the bookkeeping. Yeah, all of our pens have turned to inksicles. Yeah. Our assets are frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly... Unemployed! This is my island in the sun. Yeah, so that just to me like perfectly depicts the Muppets humor. I just love that. Like that is the scene. That was the scene just completely in my head. Yeah, talking about that. I just love like it's it's just bizarre. But again, they just carry on as normal after it. Scrooge just doesn't like pay attention to it. But yeah, it it's just the timing of it is just perfect. Um, 
and yeah, it, it's just very much that Muppets humor. I also love like jokes like later in the film. One of my favorite Muppets is uh, Sam the Eagle, and where they get that moment where they're in the school, <laughs> they're like sat on the shelf and it keeps breaking. He's like, hmm, I really need to fix that shelf, which just perfectly goes with like Sam's design. He's like looking like with his shifty eyes, um, and then. Uh, like you even get like nice moments from Scrooge himself so like you know when the ghost of Christmas present is just like you know like oh there's 1400 other brothers have come before me and he's just like 1400 think of the grocery bills and you know they're having fun but again it's a nice moment for Scrooge to show that like he's lightening up um, which again some other adaptations just go from like evil to suddenly good and it's you know they they they, they strike that balance well I think in this film um, one thing that is unfortunate is there has been this whole controversy over the years that they lose the when Love Was Gone song, which was uh, cut from the theatrical version, but then made it onto the video version of it. So people like us, which sort of grew up with that, then were like, oh yeah, this song with, you know, like Scrooge and his lost love or whatever. But then because it wasn't in the cinema release, like in all subsequent uh, versions of it, it's just the theatrical version, which doesn't have the song, which I can understand why they originally cut it was because they say they slowed down the film. And when I was a kid, I was thought, oh, here's the love song. like, And it, it does make like a big gap in the films. Like it's got real good momentum, then it just slows down, then it goes back. So I can understand why they lost it. But at the same time, it does, it does lose a big part of the story when you just go from like her just walking away and there's no song and he's suddenly sad. You don't get that element of like, you know, when love was gone to show his shift from like, showing what he's lost by becoming too business orientated so you know i I, th- I think even though it does slow the film down in some ways i think it's maybe a good thing because it shows how important that moment is in his life um other songs obviously you've got marley and marley which is really fun and that yeah. comes after a very scary sequence where scrooge is going around the house like as a kid that again terrified me when he's like he gets terrified by like his like dressing gown and stuff like that i also just think the choices for marley and marley are Spot on. Yeah. Well, the fact that it's just one character in the yeah. original, so it's just like, oh, and this is make it two, and like, yeah, it makes sense because they're just like you always like heckle, you know, like we heckled you in life, and yeah. it, it just makes sense. Um, you got one more sleep till Christmas with Kermit, which I think just again encapsulates that feeling that like you were saying about coming down on Christmas morning. It encapsulates that like, oh, you know, it's only one more sleep. Uh, you got feels like Christmas, which is the Christmas present song, which again so like encapsulates that that excitement of the day. Uh, Love is gone, which I mentioned. And two other lost songs, but again, still on the album, is um, Bunsen and Beaker have a song called Room in Your Heart, which they sing when they're trying to convince him to give them money. And um, Chairman of the Board, Sam the Eagle, sings when he's convincing him to take a, a career um, in, like, law or business or whatever. So um, those are actually quite fun as well. Room in Your Heart, I think, is a sad loss. Chairman of the Board, not so much. Um, but Room in Your Heart is just fun because it's got Beaker singing. You know, it's just like, me, 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 me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, like it, it has, like I said, so many moments, you have the comedic moments, the happy moments, sad moments, scary moments. And, and like I said, like Neo was saying, you know, like brings it to tears. Like one bit that always gets me is when Beaker gives, um, Scrooge the scarf at the end that always like, sort of makes me like, sort of like get a bit of a lump in my throat when like Michael Caine plays it perfectly when he goes gift for me, like his face just looks so like amazed that somebody's given it to him. And the fact that you've got such this symbol of innocence, just a little pink tube there, like, me, 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 me. And it's just like, you know, he's just giving him this red scarf. If it was anybody else, they'd be like, yes, have this. But he is such a symbol of innocence that he can't even speak and just go, me, me, me. <laughs> like, I just love it. So, like I said, I, I think it's a, it's a favorite for a lot of people because they grew up with the VHS and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, you see it as a, as a favorite for 
for people throughout the years and it, and it touches on a lot of themes we've talked about before about like scary moments but also family obviously the Bob Cratchit and um, Tiny Tim stuff is really important as well again I think what better way to tug on your heartstrings than having just like a little puppet frog where it's like if it's like humans sometimes you're a bit less like you know where it's like it's the, the thing of like if it's a dog or for me it's, an it's when they look into the future and it's uh, it's the entire family despondent because of uh, mm. the fact that he's gone yeah like that's that's something that just sticks out massively in my head just like seeing like Miss Piggy just yeah just really destroy for somebody who's usually you know quite energetic and quite powerful Tough, just yeah. seeing seeing her quite emotional and vulnerable is just really really hard to deal yeah, with yeah yeah Uh, so, like I said, we have discussed um, our favourite Christmas films. So, what ones, guys, do you think should go into the movie vault? What do you guys think? Of today? Yeah. Obviously, It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah. How it teaches you to um, enjoy the simplicities of life and to enjoy um, your friends and your family and just to um, live the best life that you can live with what you have. And I think that's important. And, of course... Um, Jimmy Stewart's in it. It's made by Frank Capra. It's mm-hmm. a classic. It'll make you feel good. Deserves to be put away and stored and watched every year. Yeah, exactly. That's all I can say. <laughs> no, that's good. Good explanation. Laura was. Um, I think all four should go in that we spoke about I today. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I think they've all got different elements to them that you know that can people can take from. Mm. Um, they're all so different in what they're talking about and everything so i think yeah all, all four should go in yeah definitely. and especially because they all touch on similar themes like we were mentioning similar stuff about family and everything like that which again doesn't mean that one film does it better than the other they just do it in different ways so like home alone has that sort of like you know lot you know like being without your family elf has the sort of like reconnecting with family you know wonderful life has the sort of like realizing the importance of them you know, like, and then Muppets Christmas Carol has this all, like, you know, making a family. So, you know, and and we, we mentioned again, again, those themes come up in, in all of them, the scariness, the dark moments. Um, but it's also generational as well. It's nice they've panned out that we had, like, you know, Home Alone is very much like a 90s sort of film. Uh, Elf, more like a modern sort of, like, you know, into the, like, noughties. Um, Christmas, Muppets Christmas Carol, even though that's still sort of like 90s, again, it's based on like an old story. Yeah, it's based so on like, yeah, a Dickens story. A Dickens story, so it's and again... And Wonderful Life being closer to the 1950s. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm happy for, for all four of them to go in. And yeah, I think, definitely. like I said, any other Christmas films, I think, would be discussed in the future, you know. The ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> but yeah, realistically as well, I think there are a, a variety of Christmas films that could go into the vault, but... Because let's face it, how many bad Christmas films are there generally? I think because even if it's mm. not like you know critically perfect, I think people, you know, create those feelings around the films that are just about, you know, just the holiday season and they just make it a part yeah. of that season. So even if it's not like, you know, great, I don't think they necessarily need to be. No, the, the, the Polar Express is a good example of that because again, it's not like the best film, but again, loads of people still like, oh, I always watch Polar Express because again, it's on TV. It's you know got Tom Hanks, all that kind of stuff. So going into the movie vault today is It's a Wonderful Life, Home Alone, a Muppets Christmas Carol, and Elf. Into the movie vault you go. Hello, everyone at Well Good Movies. It's Aled here from AX6 Media. Uh, I appeared on a podcast 
a few months ago and I just want to wish all of your wonderful listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, just a couple of my uh, favourite Christmas movies. I think I would have to pick my top two as Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut um, and of course Batman Returns. Um, hopefully they count as Christmas movies. I think they do. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for having me on guys. Um, I cannot wait to come back and record another one with you um and hopefully 2020 uh, 2020 will be another fantastic year for you guys so congrats on uh, all, the, all the success and i'll uh, see you soon so the name for this game is all i want for christmas is who uh my suggestion was list out for the lads um <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so so basically the idea of this is that we've taken a series of film characters and we've constructed what we believe the their christmas list to santa would be and basically we're gonna ha- uh, we're gonna give you uh clues and we want you to see if you can guess which character this list belongs to so the idea is the quicker you get it the more points that you win okay so adding along cool. to the so you both already have a point for your uh for your mini games so our first one so painted black on cd who would want this anything nope next one a ticket to disney world so remember, this is famous movie characters now. So like okay. we're, we've gone, we haven't gone too bizarre. So they are staple movie characters, though. So just to remind you, but okay. um, big franchise ones. So next one, a hat. No. Mm-mm. A jar of dirt. Okay, I think I know. Yeah. Would you like to guess? Is it Jack Sparrow? It is. Jack Sparrow. Wow. Yeah. So the last clue would have been rum. Oh, okay. And Jack Sparrow. And yeah. it is Jack Sparrow. So yeah. So because you got that with a clue to go, you get two points. Oh wow. So painted black. The idea there is that that's a Rolling Stones song, and obviously he's inspired by uh, Keith Richards, is it? Who's uh, inspired part of the character? And painted black, the Black Pearl, Disney World. Uh, the ride originates on Disney World. Uh, he always wants pirate hats, and yeah, the, the jar of dirt is from uh, the second film. So yeah. What's the hat? Why the hat? Uh, pirate, like he's always oh, seeing pirate okay, hats, okay. isn't he? Like he's so like he's basically yeah. looking for a replacement for the band. Oh, yeah, okay. he loses his hat at some point. I wouldn't have got it. Okay, next cat. So next up we have Freedom. The guy from Braveheart. No, the um, uh, no. no. Yeah, so we'll have one guess per clue. Oh, okay. So, well, next up, 13 Reasons Why DVD box set. Next. Peter Bread. No. Next one. Peter uh, from the Hunger Games? Well, next one. A bow and arrow. Katniss? Yes, it's hey. Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> <laughs> the last clue being a Mockingjay uh, pin. Yeah. Yeah, Katniss yeah. Everdeen. Yeah. So, so again, with two clue, so with a clue to go, yeah, it gets two points. So yeah, Frida, uh, thirteen reasons why because there's thirteen districts, and obviously there's oh. a lot of drama in that program, so it seems like something she would like. Okay. But Peter Bread, Peter Malark. Um, yeah. So yes, that's one of yeah. Yeah. Then with freedom. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So next, a squirrel. Doug from uh, Up. Good guess. That's though. a good. very good yeah, guess. Yeah, that's a good guess. Laura, Which did you did you have anything? No. no. Okay, next one. A pony. 
anything. No, next. Wart cream. No, next one. Chocolate. Think about the thing. I'm going to be kicking myself for this one, I think. Next one. A golden ticket. Oh, Charlie from the Charlie... Uh, the chocolate factory? Not Charlie. His grandpa? Oh. No, one, no. one um, guess for Oh, shit. <laughs> Laura? Excuse me. Veruca Salt. Yes, it's Veruca Salt. Nice. Yes, the wart so, cream, Veruca. Um, oh, my God. She wants Taddy, I want a pony. <laughs> and she wants a squirrel. <laughs> so, yes, Veruca Salt. Good job. Next. Next one. A Christmas tree star. No. A DVD of The Apprentice. Next. Moisturizer. Think, yeah, think Star and Apprentice, that's all I can say. A cloak. Next one. An empire. Put them together and what have you got? <laughs> That's not a, like <laughs> anything. I'm trying so, to think which one it was. <laughs> There's so many. I, yeah. So a Christmas star, uh, apprentice, moisturizer. Like I said, I think the look of the character. Again, cloak. The look of the character. Um, and yeah, I suppose the last one has kind of got the name is in there. Yeah, I just can't think of his name. I think we're gonna have to go for a count. Oh, I don't know yeah. the exact name, but like yeah. just the sort of classification. Okay, well, it's definitely someone. <laughs> definitely someone part of the Sith in Star Wars. Okay, um, who is? But I just... the... no. no, no, Vader. All right. No, it is. It's just the, the Emperor. Emperor. Oh, I forgot yeah. his name. Yeah. Uh, like we, were, we would have given you the point if you said the Emperor from Star Wars. Yeah, yes. okay. What's his Palpatine? Palpatine, Oh my yeah. god. So, unfortunately, no Damn points me. there. Okay. Shocking. Next list. A toy sword from the Entertainer. No. A signed picture of TV star Wolf. Think of the words you've had so far. So, sword, Entertainer... Wolf, uh, well, yeah, the character. Yeah, you know, wolf. I mean, for that one, don't think of yeah, the word. Yeah, <laughs> don't think of the word, but yeah, think where he's from, maybe. A world's best dad mug. Next. Tickets to Rome. <laughs> After all those, that's it. <laughs> it does sound like, you know, Price is Right. It's yeah. like, you got a ticket to Rome. <laughs> Next. A Roman soldier outfit. Entertainer. Nope. You've actually heard this character today, actually. You would have heard him. The dad. Even the symbol, I think, at the end. Oscar. No, I'm blanked. Nia, any guesses? No. Make me angry. It was Maximus Ah. Decimus Meridius from Gladiator. Yeah. So so a toy sword from the Entertainer. Are you not entertained? Uh, a sign, so himself. Wolf was the TV star from the show Gladiators. Oh, yeah, World's yeah. best dad because he's avenging yeah, the death the world, of his son. Yeah, Tickets to Rome because it's Rome. Mm. And Roman soldier because it's Rome. Um, okay. <laughs> so this is hard. This is good. Yeah. yeah. This is great work. Yeah. It would be the ones that yeah. I came up with. <laughs> yeah. the, no, the most cryptic. Good. So, next one. An Alexa. 
This this one is cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> you have to think about what Alexa is, I guess. I kind of want to say I don't know where it's called, but the the little robot in um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. yeah, I think it's Marvel or something. Uh, that's, a, that's a good guess, but unfortunately, it's yeah. wrong. No. But okay. it's a good guess. Good guess yeah. <laughs> I have no guesses. Next, Jack and the Beanstalk book. No, Nia. Why? You're on the right lines in yeah. terms of. I think company. the next. I think the next clue will get you to think closer, or more for like further away from the current like sort of trend. Yeah. Baguettes from Marie's. Okay. No. Think the food. the The main thing is the the food. No. Next. Jingle bells. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Finally, an enchanted Christmas. Put it together in a body. <laughs> I don't think it's right, but I'm just going to guess maybe Giselle from Enchanted. No. I'm you, make a- oh, you are going to kick yourself because you are. <laughs> Nia, do you have any? A random guess. Olaf? You were. Laura, you were incredibly close. Oh, I, I think it was, was Belle from Belle. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. <laughs> so close. I get the baguettes oh, now. Yeah. yeah. So the reason we went for Alexa is because it's a device that talks to you. Like, and not like, like a Lumiere furniture. Like, you know. Yeah. That's um, good. Jack and the Beanstalk is actually the book that she's reading at the beginning. When, like, it's, she, it's the one that she reads over and over wow. again. Um, yeah. Jingle Bells, because it has Bell in the name of it. Baguette, you know. Mm. Marie, the baguettes. Da, 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 yes, da, I get that da, one. Da. <laughs> and Enchanted Christmas, yeah, the DVD spin. Okay. Oh, I remember. So, yeah. Uh, the results. So, in the end, um, it was a close contest. Uh, Nia had three. Laura is the winner with four. Wow. Good job. Yay. So, uh... Yeah, you win another cracker. <laughs> well, hey, I hope I have a green. So you get a trophy for your. <laughs> oh wow! Thank you very much. And I love then... the fact the listeners are going to hear that and think, "Oh yeah, that's prestigious." Yeah. It's, a, it's a small trophy. Yeah. Yeah. It is an impressive trophy. And we, I've prepared for this situation, so um, this is a chance now to right the wrongs that have been previously done. This time, Laura. Right. <laughs> Thank you. What is? Who's it? in there? <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope, let's hope, let's see. What wrongs are you writing? Well, it wasn't a wrong before. Oh, okay. No, no, it's, yeah, no, it's the fact that she had Jerry, which was like the worst one. Oh, that's the dad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah he said <gasps> It is. Yay, <laughs> that's a pottery pothole. You can sit in the car. <laughs> yeah, so you also got a uh, miniature much. hero. Amazing. But it is Christmas again, so you don't go empty-handed. Uh, Nia, Rick and Morty <laughs> or Harry Potter? Um, let's do Harry Potter. Harry Potter? Yeah. What do you Ooh. win? Let's take a look. That's a keychain. I believe it's... Is this Luna? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Luna loves good. Yes. Nice. Luna's good. I like it. Yeah. Different. Cool. <laughs> keychain. Awesome. Thank yeah, you. No worries. Thank you for joining us, Nia. Um, Thank you. And yes, uh, we shall catch you soon. You have to shoot off now. She's on important film business. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you, everyone. And yeah, Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us. Merry Christmas. Happy birthday. Yes, yes. Happy birthday to you, too. Uh, So, you know, the biggest thing we have to say after that is, you know, Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. We will uh, still be back with another episode uh, before the arrival of a certain famous sci-fi film. 
starts with star. Mm, wonder what that could be. Yep. Um, so we'll be talking about that uh, in. And I'm sure people time. will be warring with us when they see what it is. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that'll be a fun episode. And then uh, we'll be back in the new year uh, talking about like films of the decade. And we got loads of stuff. Uh, me and Craig recently met up to sort of plan out our future episodes. So we've got loads of good stuff coming up. Like I said, please uh, follow us on uh, social media. Uh, like Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. So you can find us at Fresh Take Hub, which is our website where you can find well good movies on, which is freshtakehub.co.uk. There you can find all the stuff that we're doing, including reviews, videos, and this podcast, which is then at freshtakehub.co.uk slash wellgoodmovies. Uh, and yeah, have a look through uh, our previous episodes. Laura, you were in our Endgame episode and our Spielberg one so Christmas perfect time to go through those uh, old old Christmas films uh, thank you for joining us thank uh, you for having me yeah just enjoy. say Merry Christmas to everyone yeah yeah and have yeah. a Happy New Year so um, and Nia like I said uh, you can find her I think is aloofness on uh, social media so on Twitter Instagram and uh, yeah we thank her for being on the show she had to dash off uh, to do some filming today uh, but we thank you for coming on and talking about It's a Wonderful Life. Um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Again, um, thank you to everyone who participated. Thanks to the guys of The Real Experience. Thank you to Christopher Maxwell and to uh, Lucas Burks as well, who has helped us a lot today and in getting the show done in the past few episodes. And uh, yeah, what better way to finish off than with A Christmas Carol? So, Are you getting take it away. Sing? It's up to you. The lyrics are on screen. <laughs> we wish you a Merry Christmas. We, we wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good tidings we bring to you and your kid. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We'll leave it there. Uh, <laughs> Too bad Neo wasn't there to back us up, is it? <laughs> we'll get everyone else to sing and we'll like add it on like a multi-track or something. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Christmas 2019, number one. <laughs> well, good movies with We Wish You Merry Christmas. It's been worse Christmas number one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so thank you guys. Uh, have a Merry Christmas. Don't eat too much. Watch some great Christmas films. Tell us what you are watching on social media and thank you and have a very happy Christmas. And yeah. We hope uh, to see you in the next episode and in the new year. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Is it just me or was that weirdly sexual? <laughs>